0: I'm Roderick Chambers, and this is Money Dearest. Money Dearest is a podcast series focusing on elder abuse. It's brought to you courtesy of the Sydney Community Foundation and the Perkins Family Foundation. Produced in the studios of Radio Two SERFM. Elder abuse can be financial, psychological, through neglect, or physical or sexual abuse. Many people do not want to think about the ending of their lifespan. But it is one thing that we know will happen to us all at some point. What do you want the end of your life to be like? Is it worth thinking about the way you wish to live in the future? I'm sure you're thinking, yes, I do want to have a say about how I live when I'm older and less capable to make decisions on my own. In this series, we look at ways in which your will and preference can be carried out beyond the point at which you have the capacity to fully control all the aspects of your life. This podcast looks at the issue of inheritance in patients. Those closest to you, often a son or a daughter, can see that a parent's financial resources may in fact be the short-term answer to some of their own family financial problems. After all, they will inherit everything at some point in the not-too-distant future and they have some immediate problems. Let's listen to the situation of Joan Wareham who at 88 is needing more and more help as her health and ability to manage her own affairs decline. She has two daughters. Diana lives a few suburbs away and has three school-aged boys, but is significantly stressed by her ex-husband's lack of support financially at a time when her son's school fees and other expenses are increasing. She's been looking after her mother's finances, but it seems that some of her mother's money has been the solution to some of her more immediate debt problems. This is actually affecting her mother's quality of life we pick up the story as Joan's other daughter Wendy is coming back down to the house with Joan after being at the shops Wendy is down from her home in Coffs Harbour for a few days and senses things are not quite right with her mother she was worried that there was not much food in the house some bills appeared to have not been paid and that her mother was saving money by not using the heater
1: When, you should check the brakes on that car. You could take it to Frank.
2: Mum, Frank retired years ago. To Ulladulla, wasn't it?
1: Oh yes, that's right. He had a weekender up on the headland. Still, it has an odd smell. I think it's an
2: oil leak or something. Steve's going to have a look at it when I get back. Well, be
1: careful around Bondville.
2: Yes, I will. I have been driving around there for over 15 years, you know. Is it that long? Yes. Stay there. I'll make the tea.
1: Grief, it's cold down here. Do you want me to turn the heater on? Oh, no, no. I I don't turn it on until the news comes on as a rule. Freezing.
2: (laughs) Mum, what are all these bills here?
1: This is a disconnection warning from the electricity people. I'm going to pay it when the pension goes in next week. Diana is going to take me to the post office.
2: How long has Diana been paying your bills, Mum? Oh, oh, just for a little while. I thought she was too busy with the kids and that executive
1: job she has. Well, I, I just signed some papers so that Diana can talk to the bank and so forth. She'll be over directly. She said she would pop in on her way back home. Oh, look, look, the beast is on, on the chase show. I like him, although he is a sitter for a heart attack with all that weight on.
0: Wendy Hamilton is down from her Cos Harbour home to visit her mother, Joan Wareham, who lives in Ryde in Sydney. Joan is 87, has lost some of her mobility and has high blood pressure. She's generally just slowing down a bit. Her husband, Tom, died eight years back after being in a nursing home with Alzheimer's for four years. Wendy has an older sister, Diana, who has three children, two still at school and one doing his apprenticeship. She's been through a difficult divorce. Her ex-husband, Brendan, is now living with his former secretary in Winnipeg in Canada.
3: Mum, I haven't got much time. Mitchell's in the car. We're on the way to rugby at the Oval in Pennant Hills. Hello,
2: Diana. Still in a hurry between sports fields, I see. Oh, Wendy, when did you get here? Have you got Mum's mail? Mum's just watching the chase. The beast is on. Would it be these envelopes on the kitchen bench?
3: Yep. How is Steve? Brendan is being a completely useless bastard as usual. Haven't heard from him. No money sent through since June. And all I hear about is that little Botox livestock auctioneer who used to be his secretary. But I can't spend too much time. Gotta go. Oh, I've paid some bills for mum, so you don't have to worry. It's all taken care of. Bye.
0: That got Wendy thinking. What bills and how many had Diana been paying? She went back into the house and asked Joan where her bank statements were. she noticed some odd amounts had been withdrawn. But there were still reminders and bills in the bread tin where Joan always kept her important correspondence. All of this nagged at Wendy as she was going to bed in her old bedroom. She resolved to get some advice in the morning.
3: New South Wales Elder Abuse Helpline. My name's Jess. How may I help you?
4: Oh, hello, Jess. My name's Wendy. Um, Wendy Hamilton. I'm just a bit, a bit worried about my mother and I'm ringing because I need to get some advice.
3: Hello, Wendy. What exactly is going on with your mum at the moment? Oh, well,
4: mum Mum was such a capable person growing up. You know, there was just the two of us. Um, I've got an older sister who lives in Sydney, but I've just come down from Coffs Harbour for a week and mum's been slowing
3: down a bit. and She just seems to be struggling with her bills. Can you tell me a bit about your mum? Is she mobile? Can she get around by herself?
4: Oh, yeah. She used to drive until last year. Dad died eight years ago and she kept the Ford Telstar for quite a while, but she wasn't driving much and my sister Diana had a friend whose son needed a car and so she sold it to him. Um, My sister's been helping her pay some bills and then she has some money problems of her own though. Um, Brendan, her ex-husband, moved to America with a woman he met at work, Cindy, I think it was. Anyway, he hasn't been keeping up his maintenance from what I can understand. I think Diana may have been using some of mum's money to pay for the school fees. Yeah, she's got three boys. Uh, Trent's just got an apprenticeship. Um, Jared is in year nine and Mitchell's in year seven. He could go to the US next year with the rugby.
3: Could you tell me a bit about your mum's general health? Is she good at holding a conversation? Does she have any health issues?
4: Um, she has high blood pressure, um, which she has medication for. Um, her mind is still good. Um, she rings when they have questions on the radio and she's won a few prizes like books and videos and things. Um, she just seems a bit down generally. She's she's not as energetic or as proactive as she has been. So, yeah, she hasn't been going to the Probus this year. I've noticed the difference since I was down last. It was uh, January, so, yeah, it's been a while, I suppose. She does eat regularly, though, Um Oh, She's not eating any fish like she used to, though. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's her appetite or whether she's trying to
3: save money. Mm, and, and what's your mum's living situation at the moment?
4: Um, well, mum seems to be relinquishing control of her fa- fares at the moment, it seems. Um, my sister's been paying some of her bills via online banking. But there are some final notices here threatening to cut off her electricity. The house was quite chilly when I arrived and... Mum said she wasn't turning on the heater until after tea. Wendy, have you asked your mum about what's happening with her finances? Uh, Not directly. I don't want to upset her.
3: And with Diana? I have tried
4: to talk to her, but she avoids the topic. I mean, she's very busy with her job at a pharmaceutical company and getting her boys to things.
3: Wendy, do you think Diana's uh, under a bit of pressure herself?
4: Oh, well, when her marriage fell apart last year, it was pretty traumatic, and now she has been left with a mortgage and all the expenses for the boys, but mum really needs her money now, so you know, who knows what other expenses she could have if her health deteriorates.
3: I mean, it's not really fair. No, it's not, and, and as you say, she may not be able to afford to help Diana, and she should not be helping herself uh, to your mother's money. If it's okay with you, I can offer a couple of suggestions how you may want to approach your mum and, and have a chat.
4: Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, I I think I do need to do something.
0: Wendy has taken the first steps to get control of the situation, and we will be back later on to see what she will decide. All states of Australia have some form of elder abuse helpline service, Money Dearest journalist Tanya Katsanis speaks here to senior consultant at the New South Wales Elder Abuse Helpline, Christine Massey, to explain what is happening to Joan and her daughters and how her consultants would normally deal with this type of situation.
5: Christine Massey. You're the senior consultant at the New South Wales Elder Abuse Helpline and Resource Unit. Now, that look, the scenario that we've just played out on inheritance in patients is one of many scenarios. Now, Wendy's one of the daughters. She's just discovered that her mum was a victim. Now, what other ways do people discover that an older person may be a victim of this type of abuse?
6: It could be, Tanya, that someone notices that mum hasn't paid bills, say. So she's not got heating through winter or cooling through summer. Or maybe she doesn't have the clothes that she needs for whatever season that might be. Maybe she doesn't have enough food in the house. That's a really common way in which people can identify that someone has been financially abused. There's just no food. But how that might manifest is maybe not only visually noticing that there's no food, but mum may have lost weight. So you'd notice that her clothes are baggier on her. I think if we also look at things like stopping visits to doctors is really common so someone just doesn't have the money to pay for visits that they need, so do GPs or specialists and then obviously that means medication that they do might require. Do doctors will follow up if they haven't seen a patient for a while, would they? Would that raise any red flags at all? Not necessarily, some GPs certainly would and we certainly speak with GPs who actually are concerned and they've called us because they've said I haven't seen a particular patient who I know should have treatment mm. but it wouldn't necessarily be the case
5: In your experience, how severe does a situation have to get before it becomes important or before someone notices?
6: The situation itself, it's important and actionable at any stage. So it really doesn't particularly matter when someone calls us. We can always respond to the situation at hand. So however it's looking at that point in time, in this case for Joan, we could certainly respond to that. So obviously, though, the sooner that someone notices something is up, the easier it is in terms of actually how we would respond. It's always useful to assist an older person who's in distress. So never think that there's never an okay time, like it's too far gone. That's a problem. Call us at any point. You know, raise a hand and say something's going on because financial abuse is a problem that can start quite simply. And then it can manifest like in this scenario we can assume that Joan gave money for a period of time, was really happy to do that, and then it got out of hand. So now Diana's actually taking control financially and has been, you know, putting pressure onto mum. So there's psychological pressure that's going on to allow that financial abuse to occur. It could have been that, as I said, Mum was happy to a point but now isn't, so she's got this coercion situation that's actually going on. So Anything can happen. Anytime anyone notices something that's making someone uncomfortable and there's a lack of consent, that's when abuse is actually occurring. So when we're looking at the signs,
5: aside from the weight loss and you know that sort of disheveled appearance, what other signs can someone who may not be a family member, let's say, yeah. what can they look out for? Is it they're not going out? So you yeah. haven't seen them at bingo, for example? Absolutely.
6: People would curb um, social activities because they can't afford to get out. So it could be that they can't afford to pay for transport of some kind, then they can't afford to do the activity themselves. So... So with that would come the shame of not being able to do it. So people will retreat and stay home and they won't let people know, well, look, I can't afford it. And then people would know that someone can't afford it. And they would probably ask why. So how do we encourage a victim to sort of come forward?
5: Because I understand it's a very complicated relationship, a parent and a child, where the child is obviously doing the wrong thing. But how do we encourage a victim not to feel the shame
6: or the anger or the betrayal I guess, of coming forward and saying, hey, I'm not being treated right. I think it's okay to sit with all of those feelings because they're going to have them. If someone comes to us and they're feeling shame, betrayal, sadness, you know, anger, any of those emotions, they can still act though we'll try and support them to look for emotional supports while they're looking at managing their financial side of life as well because I think the two things go hand in hand. You can't say that if we're going to help you with banking and powers of attorney and wills and all that sort of side, the legal side of things, that you can't not have emotional support for that person as well because it's, it's a huge impact on that older person in dealing with it, and raising their hand and saying things aren't okay. In this scenario, it was her daughter. So we would talk to the daughter about how to have a conversation firstly with mum and actually make mum feel really comfortable about actually divulging what's been happening.
5: So in terms of solutions now, in, in this particular scenario, we've got one sister taking money from the mum under the guise that she's paying mum's bill, but is clearly not. Yep. So with the helpline and obviously being the sister that's called in, we can work through some various scenarios. How hard is that to get that information extracted?
6: It's not so difficult. I think you've got to build trust, though, over time. And so certainly we wouldn't assume necessarily in one phone call we would be able to solve all the issues and tie that up in a bow. So this would more be about first things first, having a conversation with mum. And so this would be Wendy having that conversation and finding out what mum would like to do about the situation. So she could couch that as mum, I'm concerned that I've noticed you're losing weight. I'm really worried. Are you not having enough to eat? So start exploring, and that's where we would always start. So it's looking at what might seem to people the simplest remedies first, because a lot of people might say, well, it's illegal. Implication immediately and so therefore we would go down a legal route. It could actually have that as well, but we would look at the easiest things first, so the least disruptive for the older person. So conversations and conversation modelling, which is a lot of the work we do on the helpline, would be probably the place we would start, particularly in this scenario, and finding out, because we're not speaking to mum directly, what does mum need or want? So if mum is happy to gift money to her daughter, can we look at maybe putting some sort of financial arrangement in place so that mum could then see maybe a lawyer and actually have that in writing? So this is how much I'm happy to gift to you or loan to you, and these are the terms of that loan or gift, just so she knows that she's got choices and she's empowered. So really, that's what we would try and do, but it's the simplest, easiest things first, conversation first finding out what mum would need or want and then a suggestion would be because mum in this scenario is able to have conversations with us maybe suggesting to her daughter that she actually calls us and it could be that that daughter sits with mum in the same room but we talk to mum directly and ask mum what she needs and wants out of this but it's really building that trust to know that we're a service that she can actually speak to.
5: And we know that Wendy's called the helpline in this scenario and has been given away forward with mum. So I just want us to go back to that scenario now and just see what happens.
3: Oh, hi, Wendy. This is Jess from the Elder Abuse Helpline. How are you? Oh, hi, Jess. I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I just wanted to see how things were going with your sister and your mum. Ah
4: oh, well, it was hard talking to mum about it, Um But I just stressed that I was worried and wanted to see how I could help. And, you know, she got a bit upset, but I took plenty of time, as you suggested. I wanted to make sure she knew we were chatting about concerns because I love her and was worried she didn't have enough money for bills and her daily groceries. Uh, I've read through that info you sent me about financial abuse and other possible ways to open up a conversation with mum. I suggested that there was another way to pay her bills herself. Um, she asked if I could go with her to her local bank branch and I said yes, absolutely. And We had a really good talk with the bank manager and he arranged for all of her bills to be paid by a direct debit. Um, she said to me
3: that she feels more in control now.
4: Um, she doesn't feel so worried that she can't
3: pay things and she's much more relaxed. And how was it all with Diana? Did you manage to talk to her?
4: Uh, I, um, well, we, as it was mum and me, we did what you suggested, Jess. Mum wanted to explain. She wanted to help diana where possible but didn't want there to be any trouble between us so we spoke calmly and diana got very emotional about the stress she's been under and apologized to Mum for taking her money and she said it was it was just going to be temporary but then things were getting on top of her and she is paying it back um i wanted to help her as well and i'm going to get down there more often so diana doesn't feel alone at times when Mum needs more help um, Diana is going to take mum grocery shopping each week and mum's agreed to help Diana financially every now and then if Brendan's child support hasn't arrived. But mum is going to get this put in writing with the help of her solicitor and um, get a plan regarding paying mum back that large amount of money she took directly from mum's bank account. So I'm really hopeful that it all works out.
3: It sounds like you have worked out a plan and that you're all, most importantly, your mum is comfortable with. Do you mind if I call you in a couple of weeks to see how it's all progressing, in particular to see how your mum is?
4: Oh yeah, I'd really appreciate it. Um, I I hope we've turned a corner now. I just don't want to see mum like that again. Steve and I are going to come down more often if we can and in the holidays we're going to get up there, um, get the family up to coughs and Steve's going to take all the boys camping for a few days so mum, me, Diana and my daughters are going to visit mum's sister in Grafton who she hasn't even seen for 10 years. So yeah we'll see how it all goes and thanks Jess for all your help. Like It kept me from losing my mind.
3: Happy to help. I look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks.
4: Okay, thanks for calling. I really
2: appreciate it.
3: Bye.
5: Christine, now the outcome we have here today, some may find surprising, but it demonstrates that mum's now taken charge and control of her finances. So how likely do
6: you think a resolution to be permanent or will they likely return to abuse? Mum's asserted control. She's making choices. And what we do on the helpline is actually remind all of our callers that that older person, because it's rarely the older person who we speak to, has those choices, From here, we probably suggest mum gets things in writing in terms of obviously an arrangement to gift or loan her daughter some money. That will then let Diana know that there are boundaries. I think that probably would see a curbing in the behaviour. So it's unlikely that it would reoccur. But, you know, if it did, we can assist and pick up where the situation is at, at any point. So any time anyone can call us. So in this scenario, we would always suggest that Wendy could call us again. If we've spoken to Joan, we would say, Joan, call us at any time. And once trust is built and people know our voices and they can actually speak to us again, that's actually a better likelihood of nipping it in the bud if something is looking likely to reoccur.
5: Now, the question is, we've offered one type of scenario in terms of a solution and an outcome. What other types of outcomes could possibly result
6: as this type of abuse? It could be that it's harder for the abuse to stop, so it could mean that maybe we look at some type of legal remedy, so there we would make um, referrals to legal services for mum and for Wendy, obviously, in terms of she would be the person probably leading that charge. There are always solutions to the issue. They may just simply not play out like people would assume. The most important thing is mum getting what she needs and wants. So she wants relationships, but she wants the financial abuse to stop. So let's look at how can we make that happen. So it really sort of depends on what happens next. But we would then keep following through with this particular case.
5: Now, in our scenario, Mum Joan, she's got full mental capacity, which means she can make decisions. She's just limited in her mobility. So people listening will probably be saying, how does she let this happen? Why is she letting her daughter stomp all over her? How do we do that? Well,
6: it's really simple. I mean, the reason she's doing this is it's her child and she would do anything to support her child. And she can see that her child is suffering financially and obviously emotionally. It's a burden for her as well. So it's amazing how parents will tolerate This level of financial abuse, and and worse really, um, and the neglect that's coming of it because Joan doesn't have money for the things that she really needs, to keep that relationship intact, or so they think intact at this point in time. But it's letting people know that there are choices and options. So it's about, as I said before, the abuse stopping and the relationship enduring. So we really need to get Joan in this scenario back as being the centre focus so that Diana doesn't continue to actually financially abuse her. She really needs to see mum again as mum, as the person, not the cash cow.
5: And the thing is, you mentioned you want the abuse to stop and the relationship to endure. How fractured or the risk of that relationship breaking down because they've been confronted, the child's been confronted by the parent or maybe another family member saying, look, you're doing the wrong thing. This needs to stop. Can that just rip a
6: family apart? I mean, we can probably think that things might be worse, but it's really trusting the fact that things are pretty bad now. They've come to a point where someone has called the Elder Abuse Helpline, so let's look at what we can do to mend that. So it's really about finding great services that can support people. So in this kind of scenario, we would look at Um, elder abuse, mediation and counselling. So Relationships Australia offer that. And that's a way in which people can have that conversation so people can understand and that's all parties are involved so that people know what the older person needs and wants and the older person becomes the focus again. But it doesn't mean that it's entirely broken and never fixable.
5: And how do we get through that emotional barrier where mum gets over the guilt, gets over the shame, gets over the the fear. How do we as people try and help or family members or loved
6: ones try and help mum? I suppose the goal is as you said to maintain all of those things and it's supporting mum if she's a little bit wobbly or wavering, gentle conversations about reminding mum that she has choices, she has rights and asserting control again. So it's probably from the family point of view just having those gentle conversations if that crops up. If they're noticing something, if mum says something to them, calling us again, that's always good because we're there ongoing for all of the people that are in this scenario. So if we have mum phoning us, that's great. But if it's not mum, if it's a family member or supporter, then we can help them as well to help mum. Christine, just one last thing. What can
5: we do to help people plan and stop or prevent inheritance in patients?
6: And I think that's really important, Tanya, that we talk about what people can do so that they don't have this situation play out. So it's about planning ahead, making arrangements, make sure you get everything in writing. So if you're gifting or loaning money to anybody, make sure it's in writing. Think about maybe who the best person might be to assist you with your finances if you can't manage that yourself. So if you're going to appoint an enduring power of attorney or a power of attorney if it's just a time-limited kind of situation – think about who that person might be. It might be your child, but maybe they're not so great with their money. So maybe think outside of your family unit. So it could be a trusted friend or other that you would actually think might be that right person.
5: Christine Maddy, you are the Senior Consultant at the New South Wales Elder Abuse Helpline and Resource Unit. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tanya.
0: (laughs) And we'll be looking into issues surrounding powers of attorney and guardianship in the next episode of Money Dearest, so make sure you listen then. If you think you know someone that may be a victim of elder abuse, or perhaps you are experiencing abuse yourself, do contact the Elder Abuse Helpline in your state. We would like to acknowledge the support of Sydney Community Foundation, Perkins Family Foundation and Radio 2SER 107.3, who makes this podcast possible. I'm Roderick Chambers, thanks to the Money Dearest team, Tanya Katsanis and Ben Robinson, our actors, Bettina Girdler, Marlene Nandy, Amy Ma and Jess Clayman, and also to our guest Christine Matty from the New South Wales Elder Abuse Helpline. Our music in this episode was provided by Poddington Bear. I'm Roderick Chambers and this is the podcast series, Money Dearest.